Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on September the 1st, 2011. For newcomers, help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you'll find lots and lots of audios for download, free download, and uh, there's hundreds to choose from and hopefully you get a better understanding of the system you're born into, that your parents were born into before them, and how they upgrade generations one at a time in a, a plan, a design plan, designed a long time ago with professionals and scientists and psychologists and psychiatrists. And, and basically, we're, we're going through a, a system into what's called the new man, the new order of things, the new world order. It's all one thing together. It's a global society. We're in it already, have been for a long time. And all the laws that are passed today, you have to really look, look, up, look out for them or, or search for them because the big laws that are passed are often done through the United Nations and the major media seldom mentions them at all. But the effect is all because they're, they're then these treaties are signed into law by your own uh, governments, often by executive order, order and council, different names in different countries for the same things. And that's what's running your life. It's been running your life since you were born and, and as I said before that too. So don't be freaked out when you find out what's happening. Uh, I think enough of the sci-fi movies for the last 25 years have shown you the same scenario with uh, sort of people living in rubble often, uh, the masses of people and this elite military command that sort of bashes everybody around and kills them, etc. That's the kind of society they're prepared you to eventually live uh, in until they get rid of that society altogether because it's supposed to change radically leading up to the, the year 2050 or so, according to the Department of Defense's own think tanks in Britain and for NATO and the U.S. as well. So uh, this is a society you're born into. So don't freak out as you, you hear things happening. You're being trained constantly, and you're supposed to be addicted to the media, actually. They'll give you the right stories to program you to accept what's coming next. So use your head and keep cool and realize it's been on the go long before you were born. Remember, too, that you're the audience that bring me to you, so you can certainly help me out uh, by getting the books and discs. I've got it cutting through the matrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check to order, order. You can use an international postal money order. You can use PayPal, and some people just send cash. Across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and again, PayPal. It's all on the com site, cuttingthroughmatrix.com. You'll find out how to do it. And that hopefully, and it may not actually, because things are really pretty tight right now, uh, get me through another month or so. We'll see how it goes. Because I'm doing it a suicidal way, I don't bring on guests who are really advertisers and take a cut. That's okay, that's how most hosts get their money. But I go a different route from the rest. And I, I, I take the suicidal route, actually, and it's getting to that point where it might be the, the final cut. We'll see. 
But we're living through a new world order, as I say. Go into the old books. I've mentioned them so many times that the books by the big players who helped design this part of the system that you're living in now. And most of those guys, those old men, are dead now. They designed this present part. Uh, they didn't just predict the society they'd have in the 2000 to 2010-11 era. Uh, they, they actually helped design it at world conferences and think tanks, big global think tanks, working in collusion with the United Nations. And they were right on in every, everything that they said they'd do. And the culture uh, changes that they've had, cultural changes, and how they'd introduce it even into society through media, entertainment, etc. And how eventually it would all end up in this global system with a generation that seems quite normal to them. They've heard it all their lives. They've had the initial indoctrination in school. And Russell said himself, even as far back as the 1920s, that from an experimental school he had, he had himself, that really there could be no intrusion from parents eventually for input because the scientific indoctrination was too perfect. They'd perfected it in the 1920s. Now it's used everywhere. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the Matrix. And the Matrix is a system you're born in, that's really what it is. It's just like the movie where there's so many rooms and almost dimensions, you might say, uh, that uh, most folk are born in one and they stay there their whole lives. They never think to question anything. In fact, like Brzezinski said, they'll, they rely upon the media to do their reasoning for them, and that is true. And that's why they look at like a zombie when you mention something that hasn't been put across the mainstream news by their favorite newscaster. Uh, they look at you as though you're crazy because it's out of their ken or their knowledge. And, and they really believe the mainstream is there to protect them in some way by telling them what they have to know, which is incredible because... 30 years ago, people were very mistrustful of the media because they knew they're all privately owned. They knew that they're owned by the, generally by the big bankers through their feudal overlords or their, their big media moguls, as they call them, the ones who run over to Britain to get knighted all the time. And, uh, and, and they were suspicious. So you, you took everything with a, a, a pinch of salt. But now people are really trained that they have to tune in and listen, and that's the gospel truth you're being told about. In fact, that's all about each story that you'll ever find out. That's what they make you think. And they do that by simply omitting the other half of every story. That's how they spin you off into the proper direction, the authorized direction. But it's never been any different, really, for an awful, awful long time. And I very much doubt there was ever really uh, an honest newspaper ever published on the planet uh, since it's the beginning of the printing press, because even then there were political motives in the printing presses and the pamphleteers, and there's so many pamphleteers and groups, even in olden times, medieval times, and there's a heck of a lot more today, as you well know. Everyone wants to spin something for their own particular cause. And that's the problem when you're looking for truth, because truth has to be sought out. It has to be thought about once you seek it out too. And you have to piece it together yourself inside your own head. No one else can do it for you. If you, if someone else does it for you, then you're, you're following. 
it's like a religion and you're, you're, you're basing on faith. But you have to experience truth, I suppose, and that's the only way you'll really know what the world's all about. And some people, interesting enough, when they're young, they have that little insight into society that others lack. Uh, other ones gain it while they, while they get older through some wisdom, through seeing all the crooked mechanisms of this present system. And others never change at all, as I say, unfortunately. They go to their graves, uh, literally spending half their life watching television and their favorite soaps, etc. Sad, isn't it? Or sports, doesn't matter. But that's how we're managed, and that's what they're for. They're to manage you and to make sure that you never cause your masters a problem. And you do have masters because for those who think they're under some kind of democracy, it's very seldom on even this broadcast that I've mentioned uh, where people have actually won something. Uh, I mean, the general, you know, the silent majority, the ones who are classified not as minorities but as the silent majority, uh, seldom did they ever get. Uh, they always get the party in that they, they vote for, of course, because they always vote out the last party. They're so sick of them. That's what democracy is to them. Um, and then the, the, the new party goes off on a tangent that they never heard of before during all the all the pamphleteering. That's how the world works. And again, so we're all shocked and dismayed when when awful things happen because since more oh, even Gulf War One, we were given this new version of the military. The military uh, were, were no longer rapists and killers and all that kind of stuff and slaughterers. Every army slaughters captives. This always happened. Always will happen that way. It's organized and authorized madness in, in a sense. And uh, But since the, the first Gulf War, they tried to give us this new hygienic form of slaughter uh, where they give us pretty pictures of, of buildings blowing up at night and things like that and tracer bullets going across the sky. And it was all kind of like fireworks going off, but they didn't show you the, the bodies, etc. And they didn't show you the massacres that happened. You understand when special forces go into any country, and they always go in first, sometimes a month, two months in advance, sometimes longer, they, they literally cannot be caught by any local peasant who who sees them. In other words, you kill every person that sees you, man, woman, child. That's standard procedure. You can't take them prisoner and have them and tote them around for two months. They just kill them. Every country does this. And when you're in a real a real free-for-all where your, your government's authorizing you to do as you wish, basically, you always get these slaughters going on. It's still going on today, I'm sure, uh, in Iraq as well and um, Afghanistan and Libya, of course. So it isn't just the, the, the communist slaughter we saw or the Bolshevik one after, uh, after um, the Bolshevik revolution that is still going on today. This is the problem with young men. They're too easily used by very old men, uh, very rich old men too, who are professionals, who, who will never see combat in their lives. But it doesn't matter to the young men. They, they still think that they're running in the, in the forests, fighting whatever make-believe enemy they have, going bang, bang, you're dead. And the next minute, of course, they've got all the, the guns, they've seen all the video games and the movies, and they think they're told to go out and kill folk, which they do in free-fire zones. You kill everything that moves. So it came out today, uh, uh, about WikiLeaks again. It was a hard story to get a hold of, because I, I, I got it first, and I couldn't get through to the site I was looking at. And then when I saved it, it uh, disappeared again. I mean, the, the big boys are doing an awful lot about these kind of stories. They're just grabbing them out your computer, literally. And uh, if you save even the links, they're gone as well. So I had to do this about five times a day just to get the story. And 
It says a, a U.S. diplomatic cable made public by WikiLeaks provides evidence that U.S. troops executed at least 10 Iraqi civilians. Now, this is petty stuff because we're doing it every year that we're there. I, mean, I just told you what special forces, even just that one group do. Never mind young guys who are high on testosterone and blood and slaughter. I mean, this is standard stuff. So 10 Iraqi civilians, including a woman in her 70s and a five-month-old infant, then called an airstrike. It's a good party. Then they call an airstrike to destroy the evidence during a controversial 2006 incident in the central Iraqi town of Ishaki. And as I say, this is only one incident of many. The unclassified cable which was posted on WikiLeaks' website last week contained questions from a United Nations investigator about the incident which had angered local Iraqi officials who demanded some kind of action from their government. U.S. officials denied at the time that anything inappropriate had occurred. I can remember at the time when they were denying, when they were sent in to take one village after another out, that they were, they were denying, uh, you know, any, all of this stuff in every village. But Philip Alston, the UN Special Rapporteur on Extrajudicial Summary or Arbitrary Execution, said in a communication to American officials dated 12 days after the March 15, 2006 incident, that autopsies performed in the Iraqi city of Tikrit showed that all the dead had been handcuffed and then shot in the head. Among the dead were four women and five children. The children were all five years of age or younger. So you handcuff them, you probably beat them up, maybe rape them, and then you handcuff them and then you shoot them in the head. Then you call in an airstrike, it's your tax money by the way, and try and blow the place up so there's no evidence left. Kind of different from the movies, eh? But you're, so you're always the good guys. Every country puts movies out like, out like this, and you're always the good guys. Every country does it. Reached by email Wednesday, Alston said that as of 2010, the most recent data he's had, the U.S. officials hadn't responded to his request for information, and that Iraq's government also hadn't been forthcoming. It's the lack of response from the United States was the case with the most of the letters to the U.S. in the 2006-07 period when fighting in Iraq had peaked. Uh, Alston said he could provide no further information on the incident. The tragedy, he said, is that this elaborate system of communications is in place, but the UN, UN Human Rights Council does nothing to follow up when states ignore issues raised with them. The UN is part of the whole system because, after all, I don't know if you know that NATO was bombing the heck out of Libya there as their military wing. And they were slaughtering folk galore there as well. It says the Pentagon didn't respond to requests for comment at the time American military officials in Iraq said accounts of townspeople who witnessed the events were highly unlikely, uh, unlikely to be true, and they later said the incident didn't warrant further investigation. Military officials also refused to reveal which units uh, might have been involved in the incident. So... Uh, that's really how it's, it's treated, and it's still happening today. It happens in all, every time the, guy, the guys go in. That's all they're trained to do is slaughter people. You don't use the military for any other function. And it's not like a, a, a soccer game or a football match. That's the way they try to present it in the movies, us against them, and you always pick your side, you know. And your side is always the good guys. But as I say, in, in warfare... Uh, when you've trained guys up to a, a fever pitch to go and slaughter people, uh, they do it very well. Believe you me. Uh, and that's a danger too, because these same people will one day be let loose on all of you. Uh, when we run out of targets across the world, uh, bringing them all into the standardized global system, which we are doing right now, with the central banking all in debt, of course, up to their eyeballs, to the IMF and the World Bank, 
uh, then they'll have to use the same tactics that were used in, in, in the, the Soviet system, where you must constantly find enemies within. And that's what they'll do. Terrorism, terrorism everywhere. That's why terrorism is a part of this whole system now that you're getting trained to get used to. And one day you will see neighbors and different people getting lifted in the middle of the night. And you'll think, initially, just like the Soviets did, oh, they must have done something bad. Until so many go in there uh, that you you, you get a different picture of really what's going on. And that's the real world. That's what the real world's all about. And... It won't, I don't think it'll ever change till, until I don't know, men suddenly mature for the first time. Maybe they're a great leap forward. They'll suddenly mature when they're young and realize they're all getting used and conned. And maybe then, too, they won't need all the drugs they get now after they're finished because they've got a lot of memories to eradicate. That's why the military is working so hard on finding ways to eradicate memories. So it's to, it's to kill with no conscience, and then you won't remember it either afterwards. That's part of the whole deal. And it happens in every age. This civilization stuff is for the birds. Believe you me, where it's a bronze sword, or uh, a, 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 a steel sword, or cluster bombs, it's still the same old story. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and just talking about warfare in general because we hear the little incidents coming out but really these, these incidences are given out to you to give more power to the United Nations as the good guy than the blue helmet and all that and like the colour blue, the sky blue uh, it's awfully nice to look at mission kind of pacify but you realise they've got their own and basically run NATO and it's interesting, during the Warsaw uh, Pact era, and that's what they called the other, the other side during this, the Soviet era, the Warsaw Pact Agreement. So the Warsaw Pact countries had their own version of NATO, and the UN was a referee because neither side could make a move without the UN saying okay. It was quite an interesting scenario. It was all bogus, of course, but now you're into the real thing. You see, that the war is for the world. And if you notice more what you thought were socialist or communist, uh, to, uh, you know, agendas getting rammed through society, it's because the bankers, the other side, prefer it that way. Uh, that's more totalitarian. It's very quick to implement through laws and orders. Everyone obeys them uh, through force or threats of force, and that's what law is. And the bankers can deal straight with the countries, and the countries keep borrowing money from the bankers. It's far better than you individually borrowing money from the bankers and then the banks having to send out the heavies to lean on you. The government does it all for them. That's why they prefer an ordered society, they call it, an ordered society. And you understand, too, we've all been so silly all these years and centuries, we couldn't run our own lives properly, and therefore we need an elite uh, academic-type class, an expert class, to run our lives the way it should be run. And, uh, and dreamy call the things that were made wrong in the first place on this planet. That's really what this, they talk about at the top. And personally, I, I don't see much stopping it because, you see, what they count on too is the generation that knows something dies off. And the, the up-and-coming generation have adapted more into the new system. And they might know some of what happened before, but then they die off too. And eventually you've just got a generation that likes video games and 
lots of pornography and obeys the government system, does what they're told, and you run like robots, and they're quite happy that way. And no one will protest anything, because there'll be nothing to protest anymore. And people will say, well, that's so negative, that's so negative. But you've got to understand, no, I've read enough of their own books at the top, even the ones from the Club of Rome, who helped to give you this present system, including global warming idea. They, they dreamed that one up for the United Nations. And the Club of Rome said, said that democracy uh, is going to be bypassed because uh, there were too many competing and conflicting parties. They're talking about all the minority groups, which actually the UN had, had it's still the umbrella of them all today. To make sure you can't get a unified country, because countries must be abolished, you understand. And so you get all these different groups fighting for petty things, things that they would never have thought about before, and they're all fighting for, for their, their rights as minorities of all, all kinds, and they keep creating new types all the time. And so and they're quite right that, that democracy wouldn't work that way. And therefore, they've given us an authoritarian society. And under the guise of, of uh, um, terrorism, you're being trained to go along with this new system, give up all your rights and freedoms, and just be ruled by the proper authorities. And that's what was happening in every country across the planet. And the last ones who held out are being bombed into the sand right now. I also put up tonight another link to uh, cuttingthroughthematrix.com to the, uh, another story, but the same story actually by, but it's a, some different wording and so on. So you, it's good to compare the notes. Some of them omit, uh, omit altogether the shooting in the head thing because that conjures up really nasty images. And we've seen people getting shot before with all the movies, all these awful movies we've watched, so we're desensitized to it anyway. But getting handcuffing children and then shooting them in the head, it kind of still gets a, a conjures up a picture in our heads. Some of the stories actually omit that part because uh, it's meant for you, you see. You're supposed to be kept in cotton wool and all that kind of stuff, so you forget it rather quickly. But that's the world that we're really living in now. I can remember quite a few years back, maybe five years, there was a group at uh, the European Union of Parliamentarians from all the countries of Europe, because they're all under this, this massive parliamentary system now, and uh, they were also top Freemasons, and their headquarters was run in Switzerland. And the whole idea, once again, was to bring the world into one system. It's quite, quite something, really, that a society that used to call themselves a secret society, now they're called a society with secrets, um, are, are, are trying to get the world together as, a, as a, an elite-type party, bringing it all together, doing the, the great work, you see. But not just them are at it, too. There's a World Federalist Movement as well been on the go for an awful long time. And then there's also the all-party parliamentary group for world governance. I'll put that link up tonight at cuttingthroughbridges.com as well. This is all-party parliamentary group for world governance. is a cross-party group with currently 163 members drawn from both houses of the British Parliament, the European Parliament and the Welsh Assembly. It promotes discussions and awareness about global governance issues and the role of parliamentarians in reforming the United Nations and other global institutions to make them more democratic, accountable, and transparent. Well, that's bogus, because, you see, you can't have an authoritarian society uh, that's going to be transparent. But it sounds good to me. So that sounds not bad. This is meant for the young folk to be all for it, you see. This was established in 1947 by the then newly elected Member of Parliament, Henry Usburn. And it says uh, the APPGWG is one of the oldest groups in the British Parliament, 
Its members established the One World Trust, a registered charity in 1951. And the trusts are basically the foundations run all the thousands of NGOs that are confusing your life for you right now and your children's. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. As I've mentioned before, we've all been trained generation by generation, mainly by the culture industry, the the movies and the television that you see. It's all carefully planned. All the programs are thought out by big think tanks as to, is this what we need more of this kind of stuff so that we can program the people for this is going to happen 10 years from now. By that time, they'll be ready for the real thing. And that's how you're trained from birth to, to accept things through fiction. And it's strange to say, it's like Children of Men, the movie, a, a good example of predictive programming. They all are predictive programming, that's what they call it. Uh, and Tavistock Institute, basically, were the ones who came up with that. They got neuroscientists and psychologists on and people that stick probes in folks' brains and, and wire them up, just like, like has been done by many others afterwards. But they were the first ones to really do all that stuff. And uh, it's all to do with controlling society, not just the individual, but the mass man and woman, basically. That's what it's for. So when you read an article like this coming up, it doesn't hit the people with the same impact because it's kind of familiar. You understand, as you're being programmed, it's bypassing any debate that you have in your mind about the actual subject. You've already been shown how it happens through the fiction that you've really been engrossed in. Never get engrossed in a movie. You study a movie. If you get engrossed in it, you're being programmed. They are. They're all weaponized. And this story here is first graders handcuffed to Chicago school and told they were going to prison. First graders. And this is a family of a first grade Chicago public school student who was reportedly handcuffed and told he was going to prison for taking, for talking during the class. That's new, isn't it? They'll be shooting them in the heads next. Eh? Filed a lawsuit against the school district this week and an attorney for the family says he wasn't the only child disciplined in such a way. Chicago Tribune reports that LaShanda Smith filed a lawsuit in Cook County Circuit Court on behalf of her son, who she claims was one of the several six- and seven-year-olds excessively punished by a security guard at Carver Primary School on the south side. The school allegedly authorized an on-campus security to do discipline disruptive first graders. Fox Chicago reports the children who were considered disruptive were then allegedly handcuffed for an hour and sent to an office where they were told they were going to prison. I would never see their parents again. Isn't that wonderful? That's America for you today. That's America for you today. To understand, yeah, there'll be some outrage from parents and so on, but you understand how far it's gone when authorities think they can get out, if they can actually do this stuff in the first place. Do you understand they're also debauched? So far, they're contaminated. This is contamination of society. When authorities, and they, they all get the whiff, you know, like, like, like wolves sniffing the wind after a kill somewhere. Oh, they get away with that. There we can get away with anything. Now it's just, it's homeland security. Everybody's got a uniform. Everybody's got authority. 
and all the movies are are basically uh, bolstering all of that up. So they they, they they actually attempt these things. Yeah. It says there appears to be no reason for an officer to isolate six and seven year old children, place them in handcuffs, and threaten them for hours during a school day or any other day. Karen wrote to the paper in an email. The lawsuit seeking more than a hundred thousand dollars in damages from CPS and the Board of Education. I say that was awful cheap. Unfortunately, we had to file a lawsuit because the Chicago Board of Education ignored my client on the day of the imprisonment and every day thereafter. And again, that that shows you how every little authority really believes it really is a big authority. Remember Lenin said, we'll start them off as services across the Western world. And these services, that's police, that's health, that's everything, schools, and eventually they become authorities. This was planned an awful long time ago. As Karen continued, according to the Tribune, we hope the Chicago Board of Education acknowledges its responsibility and resolves the matter quickly. Can you believe that? You're handcuffing children and telling them they're going to prison for talking. You understand the effects if the children are scared out their wits and the rest of them in the whole school will hear about this. You can imagine when they grow up what they'll think about freedom of speech. They'll be totally silent. Nothing's by mistake, understand, that's done today. Nothing. Another article, too, is um, a, a good uh, one on Margaret Sanger, the leader of the birth control movement in America, a member of the Eugenics Society, a good friend of uh, Julian Huxley, who was the first CEO of UNESCO, that wonderful UN organization that wants to brainwash all of the world's children at the same level, with the same things. And um, she also admired uh, the Nazis and the Soviet system because she was an utter, complete Soviet socialist who didn't believe society should be able to do what they wanted to do individually. So I'll put uh, the Mike Wallace interview up tonight, and you can hear this one from way back, 50, 1957. And you'll hear her contradict herself and lie too. And you'll, you'll actually hear her getting caught out in her own lies. But a good psychopath does it all the time, doesn't phase him in the least. And it's quite interesting too, from her two marriages, she had, I think, uh, eight children. But you, you shouldn't really have any if they're the wrong kind of people. And they set up all these, these, uh, these um, abortion clinics. They call them family planning. So it's much better. Uh, across all the poorer neighborhoods. Because she said it too that uh, she wanted to, to basically bring down the number of blacks, and now it's Hispanics as well. I'll put two links up tonight, one to, the, to that one and one to another uh, article to do with where all these clinics have been set up, not by accident. But I wonder if people really know the society they're living under. Are they so mind-bombed? Uh, with uh, the media and then now the internet adds to the television and it's actually worse it's actually worse because they're getting freaked out about things remember you can get addicted to fear do you understand that's a technique of control addicting people to fear I mentioned before about the, the how, how the movies work and how you the amygdala, the brain, likes a good horror movie once in a while because once, even if it's a rotten horror movie, you get kind of captivated because your adrenaline starts pumping and like fight or flight syndrome kicks in. And you think if you miss, turn your eyes away for a minute, you'll miss something that's going to save your life. And that's how a horror movie actually works. And that's why you watch it to the end and say, oh God, that was terrible. But it's the same thing with news. And the media loves you to, to look every day looking for all the stuff that's going to be good. If you miss something, it might, you, might, you might die. You, ne- you never know. You'll be in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
And that's an addiction thing which is used by control. So I try not to scare the wits out of you uh, because I say this has been here for an awful long time. Most folk never noticed it until 2000. Uh, and uh, one, that's when most folks say, I, I woke up, it's like a born again Christian. You know, I was, I was born again and they give you the date. That's when a lot of folk will tell you, I was, I was, I woke up on, you know, September 11th, 2001. Well, that's not waking up. That, that's just something hitting you personally. You got an awful lot of education to go beyond that to really wake up and not fall for all the other things that are put out there too. Remember, there's intelligence and there's counterintelligence. And counterintelligence is sometimes bigger than, than in intelligence services. And you have to really delve into articles and check them out for yourselves and get into the older books and see if it pans out with, with the older books too, with the predictions they made from the bureaucrats and federal employees that were working in government years ago. Be very, very careful what you do. And there's no panic because they say this has been going on all your lives. The school system itself is a fantastic subject just to get into that side alone, to see how it's set up by hard-left socialists. They call themselves humanists, where where man's intellect, so those with intellect, should run the world and run you personally. And you saw John Dewey and a whole bunch of them come out after that, and they gave you what you think is your education system. Now... (laughs) I used to laugh when I'd see corporations uh, that started off years ago saying, we're part of your family. We've got Canadian Tire in Canada. We're part of your community. We're part of your your family. Same with Walmart. They all use the same cons, eh? They, they put all the family businesses under, and then they tell you, with, with good propaganda, we're part of your family. And they, they'll maybe give a, f- a few pennies to the occasional charity in your area. And so you've got a nice... Nice opinion of them afterwards. And FEMA's doing it now. FEMA's use of the term federal family for government expands under Obama. It says, it says here, and uh, it says, don't think of it as a federal government, but as your federal family. In a Category 4 torrent of official communications during the approach and aftermath of Hurricane Irene, the Federal Emergency Management Agency has repeatedly used the phrase Federal family when describing the Obama administration's response to the storm. That's a lot of hot air, really, isn't it? The Obama administration didn't even invent the phrase, but has taken it to new heights. Under the direction of President Obama and Secretary Janet Napoleon, I always call her Napoleon, it sounds better, the entire federal family is leading forward to support our state, tribal and territorial partners along the East Coast, a FEMA news release declared Friday as Irene turned towards landfall. The G-word, government, has been nearly banished with FEMA instead referring to federal, state and local partners as well as offices and personnel. So, (laughs) it says here, government is such a dirty word right now, says Florida State University Communications Professor Davis Davis Hauk. Part of what the federal government does uh, uh, and any electric official does is is to change the terms of language game into terms that are favorable to them. So it's, it's putting nice speak out there, you see which gives you a different picture in your little head. Family can evoke favorable thoughts of motherhood and security. There's no daddies anymore, you know what sir. But it can also conjure images of big brother and organized crime. The phrase federal family, well, I guess that's appropriate, yeah, <laughs> organized crime. Uh, the phrase federal family has been used in connection with FEMA at least as far back as 1999. Under George Bush, FEMA officials sprinkled the, the 
all iterative euphemism into congressional testimony and statements when former FEMA director Michael Brown promised to help uh, promised help to Hurricane Butter Floridians in 2004. He vowed that the federal family is dedicated to staying for as long as it takes. And during the Clinton administration, Vice President Al Gore, the allegory himself, responded to 1999 flooding in Iowa by pledging that the federal family is committed to providing the necessary resources to comfort every person and family devastated by this disaster and help them to return to their normal way of living as fast as possible. So there you go. Uh, it's been used 10 times so far on FEMA's website during the Bush years. Since Obama took over, federal families turned up 118 times on FEMA government, including 50 Irene-related references for the storm that wasn't, that, that didn't happen. At least not the way they said it was. So then you, you can feel all nice and fuzzy that the, you know, the family's looking after you now, the, the federal family. And, uh, it's quite something. It's like staying at home with your parents, you pay them an awful, awful lot of rent and take most of your paycheck off you. Nevada is suing, uh, again, they already have a lawsuit into the Bank of America, but uh, they've upped the, the ante a little bit, and it says uh, the nationwide foreclosure settlements in peril. Uh, it says the state of Nevada dramatically expanded its lawsuit against the Bank of America today, turning uh, the narrow case it filed late last year into a broadside that targets virtually all aspects of the bank's mortgage operations. Bank of America has previously denied wrongdoing. <laughs> That's your federal family again, eh? The sweeping new suit could have repercussions far beyond Nevada's borders. It further jeopardizes a possible nationwide settlement with the five largest U.S. banks over their foreclosure practices, especially given concerns voiced by other attorneys general, New York's foremost amongst them. And they can read the actual lawsuit here. I hope somebody gets something back for having their, their homes all stolen from them, uh, from the guys who got rewarded by, you know, your family, <laughs> the government. And the cons are astonishing in the world. Most things up there are cons. I, I don't think you can get rich without being a con artist. That's my, that's my impression. Unless you're made a star and you just act and do movies that you don't understand. Uh, or maybe you do understand that, you know, it's predictive programming. I don't know. But most big, big businesses out there, uh, you have to be a, a bit of a con man and know the right people to get up there. You understand? You just get up to be a, a multimillionaire. The door is opened and you're allowed. To, it's kind of like Neo coming out, you know, of the Matrix and the big arm comes down when he's in the water and lifts him up. That's the, the Masonic symbolism of getting up into the light, you see. And the big hand is pulling him through. But the lion's grip, you might say. But that's really what it's about. Somebody wants to let you up because they don't want competition up there. It's a club up top. So it says that this whole global warming business and energy alternatives is a massive business where they just get thrown grants, grant, or grants are thrown at them and millions of dollars, and they don't even say what they're doing with it. Or we're trying to get a propeller blade to, to, to stop breaking apart and stuff like that. And they don't have to actually show you that they are. <clears throat> anyway, this article here says, We smelled a rat from the outset. Republicans demand probe into solar panel company that went bust after receiving half a billion dollar federal loan. Uh, it says, uh, <laughs> The future is here, said Obama on a visit, PR visit to firm in 2010. Third U.S. solar panel company to fold in the past month. 
and the Solar Power Advocates defend green jobs investment. Green jobs, eh? It's just a make work project for, because they get all this cash given them by the government. A solar panel manufacturer has received half a billion dollars loan as part of President Barack Obama's stimulus package is laying off 1,100 workers and filing for bankruptcy. The Republicans are now looking into the government's loan to Fremont, California-based Solyndra LLC, saying it was clear that the company was a dubious investment. It is likely that the bankruptcy will now serve as further ammunition for the president's opponents in Congress to criticize the economic stimulus bill. It's, a, it's like a make-work project, as I say. Visited by the president last year as he outlined his economic stimulus package, Solyndra was the poster child for U.S. government investment in green technology. But hard times have hit the U.S. solar industry, and Solyndra is the third solar company to seek bankruptcy protection in the past month. Actually, a lot of them don't even, as I say, they don't even produce anything. The money goes into the pockets. Some people will have three companies set up, and they'll get three different massive, not just loans, but cash grants. Millions of dollars worth of cash grants. That's not a bad income to produce nothing, you know. And it says the price for solar panels has plummeted in part because of heavy competition from Chinese companies. No kidding, eh? Dropping to about, by about 42% this year. So it's the latest, latest casualty of the BAM administration's failed stimulus. So Solyndra was the actual the poster boy for this. I can remember when, in one of the big NAFTA agreements in two, what was it, 2005? Anyway, uh, the president of the U.S. went down to Mexico, uh, or, or maybe the Mexican one came up actually to the States, and Prime Minister Canada went down to call the Three Amigos. And McLean's magazine in Canada actually touted the Mexican president as the, the, the guy, this is the guy we want to be the head of NAFTA, because we're talking about building a parliament in Montreal for it, for, the, for the, all of the Americas. And he says, this is our man, the president of Mexico. And then it was about a month later, Canada to fork out about 50-odd million dollars, and the U.S. a lot, lot more, because this same president and his family had run off with the Mexican Treasury. <laughs> he was a poster boy for that, too. Eh? He ran off the Mexican Treasury. And then we found him months and months later. He was living in Montreal. No one, no one had touched him. The next thing he knew, he was off to Dublin for a while. And then the Swiss uh, bank account said, we can't, we can't check and trace this stuff. It gets lost in the Caymans and beyond. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back carrying through the matrix. Now the another article too is amongst all this stuff I've got here, let's take the whole day go through these different uh, particular articles. Is that um, this will come out everywhere, I guess, because really every country is clutching out, clutching out every penny they can get from the people for anything at all to pay for all their great big plans, global plans, and their, their big uh, pay rises at the top. But, but in Germany, they're introducing in Berlin, uh, tax meters for prostitutes. Tax meters, just like car meters for prostitutes. Because they have these kind of garages uh, set up where they can, I guess their clients drive in there, and they have to put money in the meter now, and it's a tax meter. And they're going to have a card to show that they've paid that tax, you see, from that meter. It's just astonishing the way things are going. Not really astonishing, I suppose, because everybody's so liberal now that they don't really think about anything at all except what's next and, and entertain me. That's how far we have gone. And um, I don't see why it will ever change at all. We're so far gone with everything that's been going on. 
And in Oklahoma, the new Oklahoma Economy Insider Summit, Global Social Sustainable Strategic, will show you how across all the states and the provinces of Canada, you have these special meetings for the insiders, for investments. Uh, this is where they invest their bucks because the UN will tell them what they're coming in, where, etc. And they'll back it dollar for dollar through other companies in other countries. So you can't really fail. So it's nice to have friends in high places who send you announcements every now and then. There's something outrageous going on in every corner of the state, making it a challenge to keep up with activities or to even decide which one to focus on. Networking amongst the grassroots is helpful in keeping up with various events and issues of concern, especially those events and issues that are advancing the sovereignty-killing tenets of globalization, which is they're referring to now as the new economy. The rising technocracy, sustainable development, and foreign direct investment by the Chinese, and by, they tell you they're really buying up massive chunks of the U.S., for mere $300, one can attend, along with the political insiders, a single conference advancing all of these killer policies at one time in Norman, Oklahoma. One can also get a heads up on what the 2012 Oklahoma Legislative Session will be emphasizing. That is, in addition to the establishment of a health insurance marketplace to replace the exchanges of last session. More on that later, it says. The OEDC, Oklahoma Economic Development Council, is sponsoring the 2000 OEC, OEDC Economic Development Summit, the new Oklahoma Economics Global Social Sustainable Strategic. That's the parts that are all about Global Social Sustainable Strategic, October the 3rd to the 4th, uh, Norman, Oklahoma, at the Embassy Suites. The entire agenda is listed below on the site. I'll put this link up to it, cuttingthroughmedics.com. Governor Mary Fallon referred to the state's CEO as a keynote speaker, as well as Lieutenant Governor Todd Lamb. Fallon's topic in October is Selling Oklahoma. Selling Oklahoma, good title, in this new economy. Selling it to whom? The Chinese. And that's how things really are, folks, under this wonderful world where you've got a big say in things, uh, if, if, you're, if you've got the right connections and you belong to the proper authorized minority groups like the ultra-ultra-rich from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, as good nights, and may your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>